Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Jesus reminds us to watch for the signs of his return. Today, we will explore further what we are seeing in our times that line up with what signs he said would indicate the potential of the end and his return. We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, Here we are on uh, End Times Friday. Good morning. Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday. We're um, uh, kind of in a combination uh, of... Uh, having Diane Gomez, who shared about Israel and about um, her inter- call to intercessory prayer for Israel and connectivity with Israel. Um, so she's been on uh, the last two Thursdays uh, mm-hmm. as guest. So if you haven't uh, heard that, uh, go back and listen to our discussion with Diane about that. And then last week, uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, where Israel is and then, uh, particularly in scripture. And then, um, the beginning of discussion of intercessory prayer, uh, for us, as we understand, you know, a variety of things. And we, and we talked about, uh, you know, the remarkable sequence of, um, and remember the scriptures, uh, and I think this is a purpose, part of the purpose of uh, Revelation and Daniel and the future and end times is to uh, give people perspective and understanding of really what is going to happen during the end time. And right. um, a lot of believers, in a sense, because it's it's uh, symbolism, use a lot of symbolism. Um, mm-hmm it's difficult to understand the book of revelation itself um, is difficult because we typically particularly when we're looking at something like that um, the way we think is sequential mm-hmm. is okay chapter one you know then chapter seven chapter follows chapter six and you know and it just goes on and on and on the book of revelation isn't structured that way um so, and remember when we started this whole thing, um, we started with, uh, John was on the island of Patmos, mm-hmm. um, and Christ himself comes and says, I'm going to take you up here and show you some things. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to actually give you visualization, uh, of what's going to happen. Um, so, uh, because of where we are in history, we know minimally that John was seeing things 2,000 years ahead. Um, right. And it might even be longer. We don't, we don't yeah. even know and how And really longer. trying to describe them with words he understood then for, for concepts he's never seen before, right? Right, right. You know, and so um, he, uh, like one example is he said, I saw um, the wor- everybody, business people in the world are going to and fro all over the world. And so he was seeing, Mm -hmm. he was seeing airplanes, Hmm. but, you know, imagine, you know, somebody back then trying to describe that. um, Right. And having no context for it, truly. You you couldn't do it. So, um, 
so he so God starts to uh, you know through Christ starts to explain things to him. Um, he's visually seeing it. And by the way, this is kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> um, Jesus said, uh, "Hey John, uh, write this down." <laughs> Mm -hmm. this <laughs> you know, get your pen, you know, write this down. And uh, mm -hmm. um, so he wanted, you know, he said, I want everybody to pay attention to this. I want everybody to understand this um, and reveal what you did. Okay. So he does. Um, and he, he gets exposed to certain things. And then when you think of how it went is he gets an overview of it. And then John basically says, okay, I've seen this. Could you explain, I, I, I want to go back a little bit. Mm -hmm. could, could you explain that a little bit further? What exactly is this? And so it, the, the book of Revelation goes forward and backward, forward and backward, uh, because it goes, okay, let's go deeper into this discussion. Uh, and, mm -hmm. it's, and it's not completely, uh, you know, uh, sequential. So, because it's complicated and because it's tricky and it's it's being shown in pictures that John was trying to describe that isn't obvious, most believers just say, mm, you know, probably we're not going to be in this anyway. You know, they haven't been for two, mm -hmm. 2,000 years, so, you know, why bother? Um, uh, but Jesus said, no, I want you to all to pay attention to it. Um, I want you to understand it. And um, one of the things, uh, as I've been exploring it, is to um, continue to teach the next generation these truths, mm -hmm. because ultimately there will be a generation that will actually experience it. Um, and, right. and they right. need they need to be prepared for it. Um, so, you know, it's this learn it discuss it, process it, have an eternal perspective on it, um, and then uh, teach others. Um, so as you look at Israel, you know, it was destroyed in 70 AD. Um, in 1850, we've talked about this, that a group of intercessors was called in England to start praying for the return of Jews to Israel and the, and the return of the mm -hmm. nation, nation of Israel. And partly is because in scripture, it's actually pretty clear that Israel becomes a nation again. Mm -hmm. um, yes. So it's not a, well, we didn't think of this, or are you sure mm -hmm. that, you know, it was, we could, we can understand what's written about it, future. Right. Um, and so God said, it's time for you to start interceding for this and to, and, and see intercession. Mm -hmm. That's good. Intercession. Uh, is uh, more than just prayer itself. It's joining God in the work of things, you know, coming about. So that not only right. did not only did they pray, but they wound up going starting a church, working with the U.S. or the U.K. government, uh, protecting it, setting up the ability to rule after World War One, uh, getting Jews to come back. Um, and then they form a nation, you know, in 1947 and then the Six Day War. Um, and so they're already back as a nation. And and now the question is, uh, from here, you know, where does it go? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the Bible actually tells us 
certain things you know, of where it's going to go. Um, so we'll get into that today, and then we'll talk about intercessory prayer. Uh, one thing I wanted to do is bring up a little bit of a update on Israel, what's happening in Israel, is uh, there's several things going on right now. Um, one of which is we know that Netanyahu is, you know, the prime minister and his, his party is now in control. And remember, a party in Israel is a coalition. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's uh, a, a particular party never really doesn't have enough uh, votes to get a majority all by itself. So uh, how many how many parties do they have over there? Do you know? Yeah, they have uh, right now they have about uh, nine or twelve, nine to twelve parties. Um, wow. Um, okay. And and it's, you know, think of there's two big parties and then there's, you know, a bunch of uh, and, and when I say big parties, I'm talking about uh, the uh, the size of their delegation in the government. Mm -hmm. So um, okay. there, there's a big block. Netanyahu is a big block. There's an opposing party that has a big block. Then there's a bunch of medium parties and then a bunch of real mm -hmm. small ones, like the Palestinians, okay. for example. They're a block, but they've only got, you know, less than eight or nine votes. In right. The, in so the, less in the, sway. They have less sway. And so what happens is that, and this is this is almost every election, which, by the way, <laughs> um, in America, whoever wins the election wins. Um, mm -hmm. so, so like, for example, if there's, if there's three parties, let's say Democrat, Republican, independent, and a Democrat won 37% of the vote and the Republican only won, you know, 35 and the other one won 32, well, the Democrat wins. Right. That's it. Um, whoever wins, wins. In, uh, Israel, that's not true. Uh, mm -hmm. you have to have a majority, uh, block to come together. So what happens is the party like a uh, Netanyahu uh, probably got, you know, I think he got close to 35 to 40% of the vote in his, his uh, party. So what he does, he, he, uh, the government, the way it's set up, it says, okay, uh, you, you got the biggest vote. So you mm -hmm. have what you have one month to put a, mm -hmm. put, put a government together. And so what they do is they ne go negotiate with the lesser parties to build it up, right. to, build it up to a 50% level. Um, before this, these last two elections in Israel, Netanyahu was the prime minister. They, they had four elections and he could never put a government together uh, mm -hmm. because he couldn't get enough of the blocks to vote with him now, because he was right. he was prime minister, he remained prime minister, but he was didn't have the majority of the of the thing. So they were, in essence, uh, which was which was kind of funny during the time, is they really weren't a fully functioning government because nobody was really in charge. Um, mm, which is why which is why there was a lot of things in limbo, you know, that they really couldn't do because they mm -hmm. they didn't have the authority to do it. Um, well, anyway, in this last election, oh, excuse me, uh, the election before this, uh, Netanyahu had lost and his opponent had gained it and formed a government. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. when you form a government, you make promises to these lesser parties. Right. Well, come in and join me and I'll do this for you. Okay, mm -hmm. well, they, di they did that and, and his opponent, Gantz, um, 
didn't honor what he said. And, mm. and so <laughs> the blocks, since he didn't honor what he said he was going to do, the blocks said we're out. Right. And they withdrew. When they withdrew, so that can flex at any point. It doesn't. Any, it doesn't hinge any, on one particular. Any, any point. They're not. Per, they're not permanently in there. So they they withdrew. Okay. And now his government no longer has majority. Okay. It forces another election. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happened. Um, and so Netanyahu block one. He he negotiated with these um, uh, different factions, and now he's got a government. Uh, that is functioning. Um, and so he's in charge with this, you know, multifaceted uh, block. Um, well, um, he is, uh, he has introduced, and this is, this is something that has created turmoil in Israel is he's introduced um, to set up the judiciary to override the uh, Knesset would be similar to our Congress. Mm-hmm. So that um, if the judiciary, um, excuse me, it's the other way around. So he can have the the, the Congress uh, deny what the judiciary agrees to or says okay. should, uh, in terms of interpreting it. And can basically, even though the judiciary said this is the way it's supposed to go according to their constitution, the uh, voting Congress can overrule it and basically say it's not valid. Okay. Uh, okay, well, that takes away a a piece of the what's called checks and balances right so that in america we've got the presidency we've got the congress and we've got the judiciary mm-hmm. um, and they're supposed to be in checks and balance by the way in america the judiciary has basically taken over um, and and the presidency has taken over so these these uh they he can he can write what's called um uh you know certain law uh directives and put them in place without ever having a vote, right? Which was never the intention of the Constitution, by the way. Um, and every mm-hmm. every president does it. Um, so we've lost that. And then the judiciary now uh, can uh, take a law that's written by the Congress and basically say, "I know you voted that way, but we're going to we're going to rule against that. We're not going to honor what you said. We're creating our own law." Um, so mm-hmm. the so the judiciary now that's the fear in Israel is that um, the way it's getting set up is you're losing the checks and balances which can put um, the parties in power to deny you know legitimate challenge to that. Um, mm-hmm. So okay. the po- the power is centralizing, and and there's a there's a gigantic uh, turmoil because of it. Uh, lots right. of lots of opposition. Um, Structurally, um, if, you, if you just look at it as a pure uh, operating, governing uh, rulership, um, it seems it seems not right to mm-hmm. take away that check and balance. Um, so that that whole thing is funny. It's like I wonder I wonder why he's doing it and where is that headed, you know? And, mm-hmm. and but it's creating a lot of t- tension. Um, secondly, is that um, the Arabs. Uh, and remember, we, we've discussed the difference between the Sunnites and the Shiites. Uh, mm-hmm. The Shiites are the extremist. Iran, parts of Iraq, uh, Persia, uh, uh, they, uh, uh, they want to annihilate Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Shi- the Sunnis 
are more moderate. Um, and at the bottom of it, you know, they're against, you know, other religions, but they've, they basically said we can coexist in the world and we have a certain religious position, but economically we want to participate as respected partners in the world. Right. Um, okay. Because of Israel, there's, there's a, three things that Israel has is they have a fairly robust economy, although this last year uh, and worldwide anyway has been not quite as strong, but they're still strong. Uh, they have incredible technology mm-hmm. uh, on all fronts, medical, military, um, you know, just uh, electronics. Which uh, is really impressive for the size nation they are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. strictly, you know, if people look at it, it's a... Compl- it is God's favor. It's God's favor. <laughs> it's hundred percent God's favor, particularly to to protect themselves, uh, you know, mm-hmm. from from military mm-hmm. attack. And then third uh, is that uh, Israel has become a surrogate for the uh, Sunnis to be able to counteract the activity of the Shiites. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the Sunnis and the Shiites don't like each other either. And the Sunnis would rather not have the Shiites be extremists and be such such a threat. And the the Sunni, the Shiites, are developing nuclear weapons. Iran. Mm-hmm. Well, Israel over the last four or five months has been <laughs> through um, hacking and through actual little bombing has been been trying to destroy their ability to be, to get nuclear weapons. Mm. Um, and the and the Sunnis, they don't want to do the work, but they're supporting Israel to do that work. Um, so they're, oh, par- they're partnering with Israel. So mm-hmm. the nations, a lot of the Sunni nations around Israel have already signed treaties with, with Israel. Okay. Um, and economic treaties, support, uh, we can fly over each other's land, uh, all kinds of cool stuff that's going on, and they form these treaties. Well, the big one is Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the largest uh, Sunni nation, the richest Sunni nation. They got the oil, uh, you know, part of the big lead of OPEC. Um, and they have quietly been supporting Israel, but never officially supporting Israel. Okay. Um, well, there's there's work going on right now to develop a peace treaty between the Saudis and Israel. Um, and to make okay. it make it make it formal. Um, now, um, the Palestinians, particularly, remember, there's still extreme Palestinians around in is in Israel, uh, Hezbollah, Hamas, uh, etc., that are still against Israel. They've they've been extreme in their demands for anything to happen in Israel with the Sunnis. Um, mm-hmm. But recently, what they've done is soften those demands and have taken a different tact. And so the Saudis, along with the United States, are trying to broker a peace agreement between uh, the, the uh, Sunnis, which would be uh, Saudi Arabia, and then, mm-hmm. and then include compromise with the uh, extremists that are in Israel, Palestinians. Um, and Netanyahu mm. has has said we're willing to reconsider some of those positions, um, uh, and and because they're softening and Saudi Arabia is trying to broker it, um, 
we'll see where that goes, but that would be a gigantic change. Now, here's something interesting. Um, that's part of this negotiation. Saudis are saying, we want the ability to develop nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. uh, and aren't the Saudis, like, haven't you shared before that they have begun um, to increase their relationship with China and with Russia as yes, well? That's correct. So yes. That's an interesting twist that they're playing in in both of those fields, I feel like, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> we know that, um, you know, with uh, Israel, uh, that um, there become, there, there is a, a, a moment of prior to the uh, tribulation, there's a peace treaty developed and it looks like things stabilize in there. But what, and what you said is kind of a key to the whole thing. And that is that, while that's going on, mm -hmm. guess who the Saudis are becoming partners with? Russia and China. Right. Uh, because Russia and China become basically uh, partners with them, ultimately to come against Israel. So while right. it lo looks like it's kind of being put together and isn't that a good thing, ultimately it turns uh, sour. Hmm. Um, and... Um, uh, everybody comes against Israel, including the Battle of Armageddon. So uh, let's look at a couple verses just to set it up uh, uh, biblically, uh, what happens. So go to, um, uh, first of all, uh, 7, uh, Revelation, this is in Revelation, chapter 7, mm -hmm. one, to, 1 to 5. Sure. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. Of okay, the tribe of Gad, 12,000. Yep, that's da, da, good. Da. So um, um, this is, you know, um, during the tribulation. Uh, when they seal, remember the seal. Think about New Testament. When we're sealed, what, who are we sealed? Mm -hmm. Who are we sealed, sealed with? Sealed with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. And the only reason we can be sealed with the Holy Spirit is that we repent mm -hmm. from um, uh, being an unbeliever. I, I understand that I'm separated from God. I can't uh, fulfill that myself. I can't do, be good enough because the requirement is perfection. But Christ uh, offered the sacrifice and the resurrection for me to believe it. If I do, I can receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. And when I do, Paul says, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's saying that uh, as he uh, approaches uh, the end during the tribulation, remember this is during the tribulation, uh, Israel, and, and, and when he says 144,000, just think of it as a perfect number, not a, not a limitation. Uh, okay. It's really all. Uh, so that all the tribes of Israel... Um, will be sealed, uh, you know, with the Holy Spirit. 
and they become the beacons of Christianity. Hmm. Um, so it's not just right now, if you talk to a uh, Shiite, for example, a purist uh, Shiite, they want to eliminate Israel just because they, they have considered it Jewish and we don't want the Jews to live, but they also are against right. Christians. But when this happens, the Jews become Christians um, mm, and rep okay. representing uh, God. And so it's, but it is a, a national. I remember last, last uh, week we, we read um, Romans 11 and Paul says, all of Israel will be saved. Right. Um, so he's basically saying the nation of Israel is going to going to convert from thinking they've been waiting for a, a earthly Messiah, which ultimately, by the way, comes, but that, oh my gosh, it really is Christ. And they receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. Okay. Uh, so this is like a silly question, I know, but this is how my brain works sometimes. So you're saying all of Israel from Romans, that verse said it, and then here being sealed with the Holy Spirit. So are there, is that literally all like each and every one is actually going to have their eyes open and be saved? Or is that, you know, how specific is that? <laughs> I guess is my question. Is that really, you know, because when you, you talk about free will and you know, the enemy is still at work and hearts trying to fight for some to not see the truth. What is, you know, is it really all, all? <laughs> well, um, uh, what he's saying there is that, um, uh, the people in Israel uh, together move to receive Christ, and uh, there still can be individuals that don't. Right. So, but as a nation, they become a Christian nation, basically. They do, and and they they it really spreads like wildfire, so to speak. Okay. That that um, uh, he doesn't say, and this is this is kind of interesting because. Um, there's a concept in scripture called the remnant. Right. Uh, right. Uh, which by the way, the remnant outside of Israel, mm -hmm. um, when you think of, of uh, let's say Gentiles, um, mm -hmm. when the tribulation comes, uh, and again, a lot of people think that the believers are raptured, so they're not even here. But if you're, if you are here, there's a remnant who believe fully in Christ and follow him and don't take the mark of the beast. There's a lot of believe. Right. There's a lot of believers that aren't considered the remnant because they're not following Christ. They're believers, and mm -hmm. they and their eternal destiny is set, but they're not following Christ, and they don't consider themselves uh, uh, part of the remnant. They would actually consider themselves part of the uh, religious world that mm -hmm. has embraced the buildup of the new one world government. Um, right. But in Israel, and this is, see, this is throughout scripture. And we talk about Romans and Revelation, et cetera. There's no, there's no discussion of a remnant. It's, it's, mm. it's, it's all, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing becomes believers. They, it's not like part wow. of it, a little part of it. Okay. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Right. Yeah. And uh, will there be individuals? Yeah, there'll be individuals that won't because it's still a personal choice. Um, right. Um, and it's not because I'm, I'm now Jewish or because I'm now in Israel, I accept Christ. No, I have to truly accept Christ, mm -hmm. uh, just like all of us do. So uh, when he says all, he's just saying that fundamentally that nation now becomes uh, sealed with the Holy Spirit 
because people mm -hmm. personally chose, which is the, right. cho the choice we all have to make. Okay, uh, okay then um, uh, go to uh, Revelation 16 um, and uh, read verses. Um, oh, let's just read verses 12 to 16. Sure. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouths of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gathered them together to the place in Hebrew called Armageddon. Okay, so um, this is getting ready for the very end. And um, the Antichrist, along with the uh, re uh, related uh, peoples like Russia, China, etc., Saudi Arabia will be part of that, um, they gather in Armageddon or the Valley of Megiddo, mm -hmm. which is which is a, a big area just north of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. um, and they are coming to annihilate uh, Israel as a as a nation. OK, now. Remember, they've already become believers. Mm -hmm. um, so Satan, who is remember, it's it's the the unholy trinity, which is Satan, the dragon, right. Antichrist, basically uh, representing, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, is, is uh, advocate on earth and then the false prophet mm -hmm. um, are, are trying to eliminate ultimately any sense of the Holy Spirit on, on earth, because if he can, if he can finish that, mm -hmm. and now there's no Holy Spirit on earth, everybody then is, is a complete follower of Satan and then he could rule the earth, which is what he's trying to do still. Right. Uh, well, he comes to do the battle of Armageddon. Um, and, 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 and so it's in Israel, it's about Israel and it's coming against Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, so Israel's a nation at this time, Israel is a believing nation uh, right. and following Christ. Okay, uh, so they gather to do that. All right, now go to Revelation 19 um, and, uh, go to verses, um, uh, 11 to 21, I think we said. Yeah. 11 to 21. Yeah. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Okay, now just stop now, just a second. Of... Just stop just a second. Okay. Sure. Because of what we know from Scripture, mm -hmm. you know, who is this? Christ. Yeah, um, the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, righteousness. Uh, he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. Um and so, uh, you know, John, remember, is writing this. And again, he's using truth and symbolism 
to be able to reflect exactly who this is. To John, it's very clear mm-hmm. clear who this is. Uh, right. But so this is Jesus coming, you know, uh, with his white horse and the heaven, the armies of heaven are with him uh, coming back. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so go ahead and keep, keep going, 15. Sure. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword and that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of fierceness and the wrath of almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. <laughs> oh, we know who that is. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the mist of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses of those who and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the king of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Okay, so um, they gather for the Battle of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christ returns, and Christ and his armies from heaven uh, destroy everybody. Right. Um, and uh, and then, of course, we'll we'll see what what happens next. But um, what does that all mean? Well, it's it's all about Israel uh, mm. because, you know, why would they gather in the Valley of Armageddon um, unless they were coming after the nation of Israel, which is the, which is it, you know, it's the center of attention. Right. So, so uh, what we're trying to show is that we know because of what's written that Um, as we go into the tribulation and then ultimately at the end of the tribulation when Christ returns and sets up his thousand-year reign, it all happens in Israel. Um, Mm, So because of that, and I mean, just think of the simplicity, and we'll talk more about this next time, the nation of Israel becomes believers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, The nation of Israel is the center of attention. (laughs) Right now, if you just think of a simple prayer, intercessory prayer, mm-hmm. what would we be praying for Israel? That they would begin to re- understand Christ as, as, as Savior. Right, right. Um, and that would begin to be our intercessory prayer and that the tribes, the nation, the people of Israel uh, catches fire with that. Or it gets ready to catch fire with that. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, and this is where we look at time, look at you know what happened with 100 years with the London uh, group from 1850 till, till uh, you know, basically 1947 when they were uh, formed as a nation. Uh, there were all these things that had to happen mm-hmm. that were being put in place. And, and this is what we got to understand is that um, if this is going to be true, and it is true, by the way. Right. Well, then prior to that, there has to be certain things happen to get ready for that 
to happen because right. it, it doesn't just happen overnight, you know. So we'll, we'll pick this up, and, and we're running out of time on this one, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll pick up again um, uh, next time and talk now about as we understand uh, where Israel at, and this is why Diane's you know been called in intercessory prayer. Well, what what are the things? Some of the things that we should be considering and praying about, and what's you know what's our perspective on that? So we'll uh, we'll pick That's that great. up. You know, Heavenly Father, thank okay. you for the truth of this, and we just pray that we'll uh, be able to continue understanding what you're trying to reveal to us about Israel and our role in uh, intercessory prayer. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Yep. See you then. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.